order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan, and we're going to be talking about AI today. That's right. We've spoken about it a lot. Yes, we have. But uh, there's some pretty significant updates. Yeah, some new developments. I mean, it's, it's the updates are coming as quickly as AI is developing itself. Yes, hold on. Let me generate some of those updates right now. Write me updates about AI art. <laughs> Enter. Wait, now, wait. Oh, I got him. No, I'm kidding. No, it, it's really... Um, really developing quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I've ever seen anything, you know, any new field like this develop this fast, you know, in recent memory. I, I've heard that OpenAI is supposedly working on the next version of ChatGPT. Yeah, they've shown uh, videos of some guy, he said, like, oh, look, I wrote a website design on a napkin at the diner, and here I'm going to take a picture of it, and ChatGPT generated the website for him, and it's, you know, it's crazy. It really is crazy. And then it's just so much going on right now with debates about, you know, is it going to take people and put them out of work? And, and, and we've talked about people, that. All the people like the actual AI developers and business owners who are trying to get it regulated themselves and saying like, oh, it could be a danger to the future of humanity and stuff. Well, speaking about regulation, we might as well just jump into this because the first story we're going to talk about today deals with... Of course, lawyers, those damn lawyers. Um, <laughs> and what's been going on is, first of all, there's a funny story. It's not funny for the lawyers, but there were lawyers in New York who filed a legal brief. And they used ChatGPT to generate the case law. And they're, they're very proud of their work. It looked really good. You know? Professionally yeah. written, they filed it with the court. And when the judge's law clerk went through the cases that they were citing, they realized that they were completely fabricated. So ChatGPT had completely made up the cases that were cited. And the judge didn't find it at all entertaining or humorous and was very, very angry. And then threatened to file uh, or, or to levy sanctions against the attorneys for it. So end of the day, super, super embarrassing for these lawyers who had to apologize and that has led to a whole host of other issues within the court system. We've had at least two federal court judges now say that lawyers need to disclose their use of artificial intelligence when it comes to legal filings. Um, one recently said that they had, had you know, lawyers have to fill out or complete a certification that basically says, I've used AI. Mm -hmm. Then they have to go so far as to say, here's the, the generative language that it created. Here's where I've used it. Um, it removes the fun from it, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> and, and, and they have to cite the specific portions of the text that were right. AI drafted. And it, you know, it just it begs the question of, now what? I mean, this is so quickly and heavily being entered into the world of of legal regulation right you know is it going to uh stem creativity now it's interesting right because so many people say well ai is interfering with the rights of artists of all types whether it's it's you know um 
designers and, and, and people uh, in that field, or people are even concerned about music and, and generating AI music. But does this heavy regulation that is likely going to happen pretty soon, yeah. does it curtail the creativity of the development for artificial intelligence and you know doesn't isn't there an argument that artificial intelligence has benefits for us carbon-based life forms mm-hmm. i mean carbon-based life forms yeah carbon-based life forms yep i think this whole thing is is very very fascinating right because it's first of all first of all something i'd, I'd like to point out here I said as a joke, this removes the fun from it. But in all seriousness, this kind of does make AI usage obsolete in this case. Why would you bother using it if it's not going to do you what you wanted it to, which was replace the, you know, the slow, arduous labor parts of writing? Because now it's, oh, we know this was AI generated. So, you know, that begs, uh, do you get what I'm saying at all? Like, well, if you're trying to save time and you're going to use AI to generate something, but now you've got to create a certification showing which portions of, unless AI can generate that for you too. Well, exactly. But ChatGPT, write a certification showing where you generated the text. It probably could do that, but um, no, it, 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 it makes it, and I, and I think it's intentionally so. Yeah. I think it's making it the same amount of time as it would take you to just draft right. it yourself. Yep. So now you're likely just going to draft it yourself because yep. you don't want to have to submit a certification. Oh, yeah, 100%. On top of which, would, you know, are, are there concerns where you write the certification and then a judge is going to think poorly of you because you acknowledge that you've used chat GPT? Are, are, are there concerns that your argument's not going to be taken seriously right. because you used artificial intelligence and now you, you certified to it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think, I, I think it takes a lot out of it. I think, you know, you're better off just writing it yourself at this point because... Your Honor, I present to you... 15,000 letters addressed to Santa Claus. <laughs> and I must tell you, this was generated by uh, AI-generated text. Right. And then there, he's in the slammer. It's done. It, it's done. It's done. So it's almost now at this point, they're they're basically saying, hey, lawyers, don't use ChatGPT. Yeah, kind of. Now, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, do you think this is going to... Um, do you really think this is going to go through? Do you really think that... Yeah, I do. I think that... In the legal field, because I, I, I just I just attended a continuing legal education course about the ethics of artificial intelligence and whether or not it's ethical for lawyers to use generated content. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, you've got these guys that sit atop their crusty old um, podium thrones whatever you want to call them and they say well listen this isn't what the legal profession is it's mm-hmm. it's a um a profession of age old time blah 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 yeah, blah yeah. and then you know no we shouldn't do this uh, we had to do it the hard way so you should do it the hard way but okay yeah. well when when you were in law school you used books to research the cases and now you use computers to research the cases so i don't know yeah i mean i understand partially here's here's my thought I get why it can lead to trouble, and as will, as I'll explain in a minute, there it has. But I also think that there is a lot of ChatGPT that's very useful in eliminating the 
busy work and unnecessary, you know, work that's really not, you know, it's not like it's robbing anyone of creativity by doing it. It's not like it's ruining your work. Something as simple as, you know, create me a format or draft me a this, it's, right. it saves time, you know, especially when it's something that you'd have to, you know, do with not even thinking. It's just the busy work. Right. And, and you know what? It might even save your clients time because if you spend less time drafting a, yeah. a routine document, it saves them money yeah, and time exactly. as well. Uh, but I, I don't know. You know, with all new technology, it seems like the legal profession is one of the first to say, nope, this is no good. Nope, let's go back to the abacus. <laughs> Very true. You know, and, and then it takes time to develop. And it just, I don't know. Well, Sometimes, there is... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to just say that sometimes the legal profession is, is very backwards in, in its thinking instead mm. of progressing forward with things. But Well, there is one thing I like to bring up, not to play devil's advocate here, but there was there's an interesting story. It's uh, still currently going on. It's brand new, as a matter of fact. So a defamation lawsuit filed against the artificial intelligence company OpenAI LLC will provide the first foray into the largely untested legal waters surrounding ChatGPT. So there is a radio host from Georgia named Mark Walters, and he claimed in his uh, his lawsuit filed June 5th that ChatGPT produced the text of a legal complaint that accused him of embezzling money from a gun rights group. Walters says he's never actually been accused of embezzlement or worked for the group in question. The the AI-generated complaint, which was provided to a journalist using ChatGPT to research an actual court case, is entirely fake, according to Walters' lawsuit. And so this is very interesting because, A, it's an example of ChatGPT studying a case and just giving wrong information leading to something serious – but B, it's the, it's, you know, as this, it's one of the first times that we're really going to get to see what the court thinks of ChatGPT in terms of, you know, the legality of using, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, here's this what is, I think is, is going to happen. go f- way further than what we're talking about now. I, I think, though, that, you know, it's going to come down. So so if you look at the way the court looks at, at lawyers using ChatGPT, let's, let's for argument's sake say that it's becoming more clear that they don't want lawyers to use it but are they going to hold journalists to the same regard and i'm going to say right. no they're not because they're not lawyers and and i like i said the legal profession is very um hard on its own members right they are very judgmental very hard on on lawyers in the profession but they're going to look at somebody like a journalist and they're going to say well you know what it's up to your employer to decide whether or not you want them to use chat gpt now the fact that Mm -hmm. the ai generated a fake story about this you said he was a dj right uh yeah he was a radio host radio host okay so that fact alone your lawsuit against OpenAI, good luck. I mean, I understand the claim, so it probably won't get kicked on uh, on being a frivolous lawsuit. But you know, ChatGPT, OpenAI, OpenAI, the the owner of it, the creator of it. There's disclaimers all over the yeah. site that says, "Yeah, it's, it, it, I was just gonna, I was just gonna read it to you." Actually, there were there was uh, the company has stated that hallucinations, as they call it is one of the limitations of ChatGPT 
And there are warnings all throughout the site saying these are not reliable right. sources or information. And and it's clear. It's on. It's it's yeah. open and conspicuous. It yeah. says it. It's clear. So I think that um, if this DJ wants to bring a lawsuit, it should be against the journalist only, not against OpenAI. You know, OpenAI is developing technology. It tells you, like, hey, we're just working on this and we're yeah. building it out and we're, you know, so... I don't know. I don't get that unless it's just to get yourself in the news. Um, right. You'd be better off. The real the real, the real, real case is against the journalist for not checking his sources. Mm-hmm. Look, when you think about artificial intelligence, the same laws that apply to everything that goes on in this world, copyright infringement, trademark infringement, defamation, uh, negligence, etc., it's going to apply... Open AI is not, or, or ChatGPT is not a person. It, it's not right. It's not. It doesn't know. Right. A lot of people have this false understanding that ChatGPT is just like a super smart computer program, like a calculator for words. But in reality, it's not that. It's only based on you know reading internet words, parsing through and terabytes the and terabytes of, of the text input that the end user. Right. 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 So I mean, you could argue that ChatGPT is the modern-day equivalent of a pen. Because I could take I a mean, pen sure. and paper, and I could cause to be written, you know, Mark so-and-so, the DJ, uh, was embezzling money from the gun group. Which, by the way, you should never do that. Not not an entire group of people that have guns? <laughs> not a smart idea. Um, <laughs> but it's really the equivalent, because I have put into my prompt, you know, whatever it is, and then you still are obligated to check your sources to make sure that what you're writing is accurate, to make sure that what, you know, in this instance, ChatGPT is producing is accurate. So the the blame still falls on the actual journalist, not the computer, the, 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 the technology. That's, that's my take on mm-hmm. it. So I don't think this guy is going to recover against OpenAI. And you're right, it's one of the first lawsuits that we've seen, but I, I don't think that it's going to have the results that this guy thinks it's going to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, still on the topic of AI, I do have something else I want to talk about, something I want to bring up. Well, it's good that we're still on the topic, being that this whole episode is about AI. Yes, I j- I, what I meant <laughs> is moving away from the GPT side okay, of things, okay. but still AI. Oh, hey. Uh, AI art. AI art. Oh, that's a big topic. Yeah, it certainly is, which is why we're going to talk about it right now. Let's do it. Uh, So there's a recent story that I think is very, very interesting, and it's about what Japan has ruled in terms of AI art, and it's really fascinating, and I'm curious what you think about it. So Japan has declared that using data sets for training AI models doesn't violate copyright law because to give you a bit of background, the way that AI art works is that Every AI art software is just a program that knows how to compile art together. It isn't creative. It doesn't create things out of nothing. In order to create a good AI art tool, you have to feed it hundreds and thousands and millions of pictures. So it has to understand composition, basics. You know what I mean? Well, what is a data so, set, by so the it, way? So it, I think I, the data set is essentially the images that it's built off of. Okay. And so... And I, and I believe I'm correct with that. Or so what it's something. pulling from, basically. Right, right, yeah, exactly. So, you know, 
the most popular AI art software right now, I'd say, is Midjourney. And with Midjourney, you can type into it a photo of a superhero wearing a blue costume with a big, you know, chicken head, whatever you want, whatever silly, stupid thing. And it will pull from sources that are like that. So, for example, Iron Man in a purple and green suit with big arm cannons. And it will go to every Iron Man picture. It'll try to understand how he is composed, how that picture was created, and it will generate you an image based off of that, you know, but it's not creating it from nothing. It's taking it from real pictures, artists' pictures. So theoretically, and this is where the big debate comes in, if you draw a picture of, say, Winnie the Pooh and you put it on the internet, then in, you know, in five years when someone goes and generates an AI image of Winnie the Pooh, the AI software can take your picture. And so a large amount of this new composition, I put new in quotes there, that the AI art created is based off of yours. So in essence, it is stealing. It is stealing your art to create new art. And so... Or it's influenced by your art. Well, that's the debate because some some argue that a human being does the same. A human being takes art, looks at how it's made, and tries to copy that on their own. Right. So this is what Japan says. As I said before, AI models training doesn't violate copyright law. So using uh, data sets for training AI models, uh, it means that model trainers can gather publicly available data without having to license or secure permission from the data owners. And so that's interesting, right? So they have now declared that creating these AI models, training them off of data, theoretically actually creating the AI model, uh, the AI art, itself is not illegal but and this is where it's really interesting japan has also ruled that ai art will be subject to copyright infringement isn't that i i think so so what essentially what they've said is you can use ai art you can create these data sets you can make it so that it's trained off of publicly available works but just like any other piece of art, it'll be subject to copyright law. Yeah, and but that's that goes back to what I was saying that that AI should follow the same legal system that we have in place mm-hmm. right now. So I read that article, and it basically is saying like, okay, fine, like you said, use the data sets to pull the images, and then if the image that's generated, so let's say for example, I, I put in a prompt, I want a picture of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, because it can do that. That's actually the example I was going to use. I've seen people generate Mickey Mouse. Okay, so now I do that, and then I use it for something. Well, I would open myself up to a copyright infringement claim because I don't own the image of Mickey Mouse. And the way that you look at it is, is it a derivative of the copyright-protected work, and does the image that you've created essentially require for context the original art right right? right. so i mean it's basically like look does this image stand on its own or can i tie it back to mickey mouse and clearly if you're making a picture of mickey mouse you can tie it back and so you're you're subject to copyright infringement i'd even argue though that um because the data sets are known because if you if you generate an image like Mickey Mouse, if you generate a character similar to Mickey Mouse, same style, but no Mickey Mouse defining features, but you take one look at it and you say that's clearly based off of Mickey Mouse, 
I am sure that Disney would have a strong argument. Oh, of course. Against that. And, you know, compared to if I did that by hand, it would be different. Then it's just, oh, he's inspired. But if you were to do it with AI art, then it's suddenly Disney is on you with their team of, you know, lawyers. Right. right. Well, well, the legal terminology that we were talking about is derivative. That's one of the, the terms of art, right? Is yeah. the work deemed derivative or dependent on existing copyright, right. copyrighted work? Right. So it's the same thing if I were to draw something. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing. It's, you know, it's... it's uh, I, people are going to say, well, it's not the same exact thing. Yes, true. It's not the same exact, but it is similar. And it's the, you know, argument that's going to be made. I, I've actually seen, I saw some of the comments in that article. Um, somebody had posted, you know, quote, this means that the newly AI generated image um, being deemed derivative and or dependent on existing copyright. How exactly do you prove that? How do you prove that a newly AI-generated image is connected to a copyright-protected work. Now, I understand the question that they're posing, right? Because you're saying, well, this is a newly-generated AI image. Right. But it doesn't really matter because if the end result is an image that is substantially similar to Mickey Mouse, you still have a copyright infringement claim. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think... I've seen a lot of people celebrate this news because, you know, like I've said, a lot of artists are against AIR, and I have to say, I, on the, I'm I'm more on the side of the artists. I do see, you know, I don't think the industrialization of art is necessarily a great thing. I can see the benefit of, you know, giving people the power to create concept art, to create things that they wouldn't have been able to afford an artist to do, to to do that. But at the same time, I completely agree that, you know. Making it so that artists, which is already not, you know, the most in-demand job in the world, are just needed less and less is it's not it's not great. You know what I mean? I I that's I mean, my, my that's my take on it. I, I get it. Um, it's conflicting, though, because, you know, at the same time, there's benefits. Right. But AI will AI put people out of work. And and I know that this is being debated, but it, it, at some level, at some level, I'm going to argue, yes. But hasn't technology put people out of work before? You look at the automotive industry. Aren't 90% of the assembly lines robots? Yeah, but see, that's where another argument comes in that I completely agree with. Actually, there's a difference between speeding up and industrializing things like the manufacturing process, hard labor that's unnecessary, with you know to have a human touch and art because art without a human touch is has no purpose and so you know the the idea is you know you're making it so that robots and soulless beings can create art and what is that what's the point it's just copies it's a it's mimics. maybe i mean i i understand the art thing but you had brought something up the other day which was interesting which is photography and how um, something like portrait photography yeah. can be now sort of taken over by some of these. Now, it's not AI that's taking the picture, but what it is is you can take a picture on your iPhone right. and then you can use an AI product like a Photoshop, which yeah. has, you were saying you were... you were. Um, so, I, so I was reading online people saying that they did photography for people, right. portraits, weddings, 
and that using AI, they've essentially just started because they were being run out of business. But what is what is decided, the AI thing that you were telling me about in Photoshop? It has some kind of photo. Oh yes, okay. So Photoshop has AI features now. You can change photo. You can you can shrink a photo and add area around it. You can drag a lasso tool over a person and erase them from the photo. You can generate people, you know, to be in the photo. It's 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 powerful. Uh, seeing that it's Photoshop and that Photoshop has all those already existent, you know, layers and masks and lighting and all that. Currently, it's a little bit limited. It's mostly focused on generative fill. But I think in a year, less than a year, months, we'll have completely automated tasks in Photoshop, like light this photo like this, change the contrast and, and make it look a little bit more like this. And so as I was telling you, portrait photographers and other other photographers I've seen saying, like, we are being run out of business, and so we started charging way less just for AI-enhanced photography to make it much better, and people like it. And, um, I mean, you know, I mean, good for them for, you know, finding a way to avoid being run out of business. I wish it didn't have to happen in the first place. The one, the one thing I will say, though, is that I find that people vastly underestimate AI's ability to be, uh, in terms of pricing and, and how much you want to pay, more affordable than artists. Because so many people are saying, you know, nobody would, nobody's going to get rid of artists. They're, you know, everybody would know if something's AI generated. But I find that the average consumer oftentimes doesn't care or doesn't pay enough attention to realize. And there are so many people who would just prefer a generic, bland, good-looking thing. Like, I've seen AI art posted on Twitter where people don't even bat an eye at it. They're like, oh, that was so great. Great job. You know what I mean? And so there is a point where there's a worry. Uh, I do think that certain aspects of it, you know, some people are taking advantage and, and getting ahead. Do I think that you should have to, though? No, I, I, I don't agree with the fact that, you know, you should change up everything you're doing. Yeah, it's really it's when you start to to dig deep into it, it's it's kind of confusing because on one hand, you like the technological advancements, you like that it can do things for you. You know, for example, something in Photoshop where maybe you know it, Photoshop the program did it. You could remove people from Photoshop, but yeah. you had to learn how to do it, and it was not an easy process, right? you had to figure it out what how does it work but but now with ai you know arguably in the future you're going to be able to to say remove this person and and it'll automatically remove it so you like that but at the same time it does have an impact it is going to for sure impact people's jobs but like these photographers that you're talking about that now have adapted and said well we're going to just use ai to enhance, you know, and, and we're going to still stay in business, but we're going to adapt to the evolving technology. I mean, I, I know that it's different than an artist, but in in a sense, it has a lot of similarities to removing cashiers at checkout and making it self-checkout because... Yeah, but You've again, that's jobs. not art. You know what I mean? It's that's not, not art, a creative but, process. But put art for aside for a second and just look at AI in a general. No, yeah, machines and and computers have placed people out of jobs in the past, but I think never, I'm going to say never, 
has well no i'm sure you could find like one or two examples but 90 percent of the time it's not art based or creativity based it's just you know manual labor based right right okay so i'll, I'll give you that but you know, we'll have to see where this goes. This is yeah, going to absolutely. be developing, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to see things every week. I mean, because every week, every day, I'm seeing new plugins for ChatGPT or new AI yeah. content creators. Or, yeah. So it's really, it's really crazy. I mean, we we use in the office. We use transcription sometimes, right? I um, had a, had a client that had multiple. Um, recorded conversations with someone yeah and and a lot of the services that we use have now switched over to ai so like we were uploading it right and then somebody would transcribe it now those companies aren't even using people they're using ai and they're saying here Mm -hmm. it's going to be just as as you know uh accurate so it's really crazy but yeah it's interesting it's an interesting time um you know on top of that you've got aliens that's another thing that's going yeah. on. But we'll talk about that talk in about another that in episode. episode. Yeah. So we'll talk about aliens. The legality of aliens. Did, was that 10-foot-tall alien trespassing? What? <laughs> yeah, unless it, it turns out that he was originally the landowner. That's, that's you know, 10, true. 10,000 years ago. Yeah, so exactly. So we'll, we'll talk about that Back in another Back when they were episode. terraforming the earth. Yes. <laughs> All right, but that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully, um, you know, our... our our inquisitive minds have uh, sparked the inquisitive nature within you. And we'd love to hear what you think about um, AI and where it's going and whether or not it's good or bad. So make sure that you leave some comments, you reach out to us, let us know what you think about AI. We want to hear from you. And, um, you know, check out uh, some of the prior episodes if you haven't done so. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you in the next episode that's right right next episode got some good things coming up i believe we're doing uh an episode on on parody laws parody laws we're going to go back to something that we talked about previously which is jack daniels yeah so that's right make sure you tune in for that and we will see you next time thanks for listening to understanding the law radio if you haven't done so already make sure that you subscribe to the podcast we're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts including amazon apple music Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.